Podcasts from the Cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich. Today we're talking to the CEO of a well-established company based in Crewe and was incorporated in 1969. SG World Limited has now been trading for over 50 years and in 2017 it acquired the printing house which owns the Vectorbomb brand, now the largest seller of funny t-shirts on eBay. On Business Brunch today we're really pleased to welcome the Chief Executive of SG World, Mr. Mark Haas. Mark, welcome to Business Brunch. That's great, Des. Thanks for having me. Mark, you've been the Chief Executive Officer of SG World for 14 years, but uh, before we discuss your current position, tell us more about the early years and what made you choose a career in the printing industry? I suppose my dad, really, uh, is probably where it really started. My father had been in print for many, many years in and out of the industry with people like Waddington's, uh, and then latterly uh, the Birmingham Box Company, which he, he bought and subsequently sold. And he joined the business in 1989 uh, and eventually bought the business from uh, through an American buyout uh, in the mid-90s. And I suppose all along I'd been watching my father uh, run this print business. So I, I was in and out of print, in, if, if you like, in the background. Um, but my career was very much in financial services um, and then in consultancy. And in 2007-8, my, my father decided that uh, that he had to take a different path with the business. He wasn't sure whether he was going to sell it, uh, do a management buyout with the rest of the team. Uh, and I came into the business basically on a consultancy basis uh, to review the business. And, and obviously, having had this exposure to print through my, my early career, uh, I'd spent a year in, uh, if you like, a brokerage understanding print and understanding you know how ink was put on paper in those days you know if you like it was very early in in that part of the printing industry uh, i had a little bit of a background understanding of print um, but obviously from a financial services background as well i i understood a little bit about some of the challenges in the business uh, and putting those two things together we realized straight away that selling the business wasn't really an option uh, the market had crashed. You might recall in 2008-9, the recession meant that borrowing money, particularly for a management buyout, was going to be challenging. Uh, and therefore, looking at the business case, the, the best result for the business case was to think about the industries that we were in, uh, particularly in, in what the end users was going, were going to look for, uh, and therefore repositioning or pivoting the business um, more uh, to focus on certain areas. Uh, and that's really what happened. So, you know, by the time 2009 came, uh, I joined the business full time, uh, working in conjunction with my father. Uh, and really, that, that, that was 14 years ago. Mark, both SG World and, and the Printing House have, as I've said, interesting and colourful histories. So talk us through the milestones for both companies and, and share with us why you decided to acquire the Printing House I think you, you hit the nail on the head. The, the first thing is uh, about the passion for the business. When I, when I first joined, I wasn't sure that I was, uh, I was right for the business and it was right for me. And uh, I remember at one point um, proffering my resignation and writing the letter out, and I still have it on my laptop to remind me, uh, that I was living in Leeds and the, the business is in Crewe. And I came home on Friday night and said to my wife, you know, we have twins on the way. 
I, I do believe that um, you know maybe my time is served there. I've helped my father, and we we've had those discussions. We created a strategy. And my wife said, "Well, just hang on a second. Um, and God bless her. Uh, she took me across to this side of the Pennines uh, and said, "Right, what we'll do is we'll move." And bear in mind that not only she, but my in-laws and my aunts uh, were all within a one-mile radius. She took that very brave decision to move across because she recognised I had a passion for the business. And 14 years later, that passion is there. So when it came to how we were going to grow the business, what we recognised was that whilst we had a very compelling offering for our, I'll call it the audience, which is our customers, um, we needed to expand our portfolio. And having used the printing house as one of our suppliers for many years, we recognised that they had great strengths uh, and great areas uh, of capability that we didn't cover. And therefore, we could, if you like, almost not a one-stop shop, but certainly broaden the portfolio for our customer base to be able to uh, offer things like large formats, which we historically hadn't done, you know, very, very high-quality colour printing, which we hadn't done, and, of course, the Vectorbone business as well, which is a business-to-consumer uh, offering which again we didn't have in our portfolio so getting together with the former directors of the printing house who, who we already knew as a supplier uh, that conversation was fairly easy in that they were in a position where I think they'd taken the business as far as they wanted to take the business uh, and therefore it was it was almost seamless in terms of the conversations about how we acquired it uh, and then how we positioned it within the portfolio that was SG World Limited. And so you managed to merge the two businesses, uh, or, or do they operate independently, and um, but all the employees work for you? Well, it's interesting. It's a very, very interesting journey. So if you think about where we are now, uh, everybody works for SG World Limited. Uh, we retain the printing house brand, but our, our reality is it was more around the capability within the printing house rather than the brand. Um, so I think, you know, in future, wh whether the brand is part of the portfolio, I think what's the most important thing is that the capability, the people in the business uh, can still produce the, the outstanding work and that the audience, i.e. our customers, are still interested in having that expanded portfolio, which is what we've seen. Now, Mark, SG World and the Printing House cover a multitude of different products and services. So talk us through the range and tell us about your Vectorbomb brand, which became so popular on eBay. Yeah, the, the different products really are driven by our clients uh, who, when they talk to us, we always like to understand what they're trying to achieve. And I think one of the most important things to realise is that printing uh, in, in, in its own right has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. But the idea behind the print is, is not what it actually looks and feels like uh, to the printer. It's what does it do for the audience? And there's lots of debates at the moment around, you know, has print seen its day? And the reality is it hasn't because it evokes emotion in the user. And you'll see lots and lots of companies who are huge in technology, have got all sorts of different ways of reaching their audience, but they're still using the, the printed collateral. And therefore... Uh, the range of things that we have to produce has expanded. And what I mean by that is we're not just talking about printing on paper. We're talking about printing on card, such as uh, packaging. We're also talking about printing on vinyl. 
And you may remember through COVID the floor stickers that said, please stay two metres apart. Uh, we were the, one of the first purveyors of uh, a huge amount of vinyl to satisfy that demand. And, and being honest about it, that was the first thing uh, when COVID hit us that we were able to generate revenue from was having stickers and window stickers with these warnings on because we bought the vinyl. So I think, you know, our range is all about what it can do for the client. Uh, and what we have to do is is do that through having large format printers. We use digital printers. Uh, we use the standard uh, litho printing. Uh, we have, you know, state-of-the-art equipment. And we've also got some very old equipment uh, because, you know, some manufacturers made printing equipment that's still 20, 30, 40 years and probably still has another 20 years to run on it. And if you take the vector bomb business as a, if you like, as a, as a microcosm of that, uh, Vectorbomb uh, became popular because, again, it appealed to the audience. It wasn't about ideas that we came up with. It's about what the audience were telling us in terms of, you know, what what's funny, what's not. Our traditional audience originally in Vectorbomb, would you believe, was uh, middle-aged men, uh, which comes as a bit of a, a, a surprise to a lot of people. And yet a lot of them were actually bought by their partners uh, on their behalf. So whether it's a fishing T-shirt, whether it's something related to movies, whether it's something related to cars, and, and I've got to be honest, the cars and the, the jokey cars T-shirts is probably our best sellers because that audience uh, has a different demand. Um, but again, when we come back to it, what, what's our manufacturing process is putting something on something. In this case, it happens to be ink on clothing. As chief executive, Mark, of uh, SG World, your overall responsibility, uh, amongst all of your other tasks, is to, is to manage and advance the company's strategic objectives. So talk us through what it takes to be an effective leader and, and what you feel is the most significant quality of a successful CEO. If I start at the end, the one thing that CEOs, uh, I believe, have to do is learn. Every single day, there has to be a learning day. Uh, and I set my objective to be better today than, than I was yesterday and then be better tomorrow. Uh, in fact, our mission statement in the business is do it better because uh, we believe that, that everything can be improved. Um, so I suppose that's the end result is that I'm just trying to be better every day. People ask me many, many times, what do you do for a living? And I say, well, I'm, you know, I, I work in an organization that prints. Yeah, and what's your role? I'm the CEO. And, and then they ask that question, well, but what do you do? Uh, and I always answer that, that very little. I'm on a government-sponsored scheme to avoid work wherever possible. <laughs> but my reality is I do four things for a living, um, not in equal parts, I have to say. And, and the first thing is recruit the right people. As a leader, you have to have the right people uh, and I believe strongly that, that that's the start of the process. The next thing uh, is to create the right environment. Uh, and that's giving people the opportunity to be the best that they can be, to excel uh, at the reason that you bring them into the organization. And that, that is a multitude of things. That's the physical environment. And even as you and I sit here comfortably in nice seats with all the equipment around us, that's creating the right environment for you to be successful as you are. Uh, in you know building a radio business uh, we are exactly the same we have to create the physical environment for our team to work together and to be the best that they can be uh, I think the the third thing is to listen uh, spend a lot of time listening and that's critical uh, not just listening to your team 
listening to the individuals in the team and everybody should have a voice but also listening to the marketplace going out engaging with your audience uh, our customers and our prospects uh, what is it we do well uh, we should do more of that what is it that we don't do well uh, and and what would good look like to you so i think listening is is hugely important and then acting the fourth part of that is is act and i have to say that i'm very fortunate in that uh, our team are very adept and if you're really good, you recruit people that are better than uh, everything than you are. Uh, and I think we've been fairly successful in that. Uh, and therefore, my, my act is only when they ask me to intervene. Uh, and, and that's rare. So I think it's it's pulling all those little levers and, and making sure that when you recruit the right people, it's, you know, for the right reason. Um, they have the right role uh, and that their capability is suited to that role. And the other thing, uh, I think, uh, which... You know, not a lot of people agree with uh, is they, they talk about leaders and followers, uh, and I'm a great believer in recruit more leaders um, because because they're the ones that'll take your business forward. If you if you just don't recruit followers, then all that happens is uh, the best that it'll be is however good or bad you are, uh, and I want our business to be as good or, or or bad as our best people, and that wouldn't be me. Uh, so you talk about my print experience. Uh, I have got people who are much more experienced and understanding of print and processes than me. And that makes our business successful. Uh, and similarly, whether it's finance, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, that's the secret is, is get the people with the talent, create the environment for them to be the best that they can be. And that's, that's one of our four values is, yeah. is, is be the best that you can be. Podcasts from the cat. Mark, at a time when the, the job pool is shrinking, it's never been more important to look after your staff. And, uh, and I know you value, value your people. So share with us what it takes to manage a successful team and, and keep them motivated. I think the starting point is make sure you've got the right people in the team that can work cohesively together but have individual personalities. Uh, and then what you have to do is you have to keep them all aimed in the same direction so a really good thing uh, when, you, when you've got your team is, is to ask them what's important to them uh, and then retain those values so when we created our four values within the, the business it was very much staff led uh, and therefore they find that very easy to adhere to the values and actually demonstrate them in everything they do so our four values are very simple it's do the right thing do it the right way be the best that you can be and be fresh yeah, so one of the interesting things is, is around uh, our four values is, is do it the right way. And that can be anything from verbal to written communication. In fact, one of my team uh, was banned from email for 12 months simply because they couldn't effectively communicate through that medium uh, without creating friction. Uh, so with a little bit of training and a bit of understanding, uh, we were able to combat that. Uh, and now they are probably one of our more effective communicators within the business, uh, although their emails are rather long-winded to make sure that they get the right points across. Um, so I think that that's the first thing, is to make sure that everybody understands, uh, you know, the, the other two values are pretty obvious. Be fresh is be creative, but do it in the right way uh, and, and be the best that you can be. We don't measure people against each other. I think that that can sometimes, you know, be a race to the bottom. So what we say is every day that you come into the business, be the best that you can be. 
we'll all have off days. We'll all have days when we've got a sniffle, days when something at home's affected us. Uh, and so you can only be the best that you can be on that particular day. Uh, and and those interestingly, those four values are the things that uh, the team want to be able to hold hold themselves to uh, and their peers, uh, you know, and the rest of their teams. I think the other thing is um, making sure that through the environment that you create is that people have something to look forward to. So we're very keen on events within our business. So if I think back over the last uh, few weeks, actually, uh, we we celebrated Thanksgiving. We have our US business. And there were videos exchanged, and you'll see them on LinkedIn, where we talk about what we're thankful for uh, with, you know, not just outside the business, but within the business and each other. Uh, We have Christmas coming up, and we have a Christmas week, where we have a week of events, same as we had for Thanksgiving. Uh, We also did the same thing at Halloween, where, you know, we have dressing up, we have, you know, bring a pie to work. anything that keeps the staff engaged because at the end of the day they're probably at work longer than they do anything else in their lives uh, in in any one single period of time and therefore we have to create that right environment but we take our lead from the staff they're the ones that dictate what we do and what we try to do is in the best way possible and I think if you've got motivated people then I always say we'll never be the best pairs in in never mind never mind in the world in, in in the crew area but what we do have is the, the benefits that go alongside that, which is a nice environment, good people to work with, an enjoyable time when you come to work, and that you're treated properly when you're at work. Um, and those things, yes, they don't have a pound value, but they have an emotional value. Okay, now SG World has been trading over 50 years and will have witnessed remarkable changes in technology. So. Talk us through how your business benefits from advancements in in modern machinery and computers and, of course, now AI. Um, Well, first of all, uh, machinery. Um, It's a bit difficult because printing machines last a long, long time. Uh, However, we're very fortunate in that because we have uh, state-of-the-art equipment in in terms of our digital printing capability uh, and that we've also got the backup for some of our longer run stuff in the older equipment, we have a mix and match uh, and we renew our equipment every five years uh, unless obviously there's no compelling reason to do it. Uh, We also, again, in the large format, as soon as COVID hit, we actually bought a new machine. We were one of the first people uh, to actually spend money the minute that close down happened because we recognized that there was an opportunity here. Uh, and so we have state-of-the-art large format equipment which allows us to print vinyl um, and, and we've you know moved on from stickers and, and if you like, uh, things on the floor to things like banners, which we, you know, are very popular in, in creating these pull-up banners. And again, it's just printing on vinyl. But I think the most important thing is technology. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, we talk about software. We, we One of our um, key growth areas is we sell software. Um, and we've been able to develop our in-house software. We have a development team now that writes all our software for resale. And what, what what's helped us is the fact that because technology has moved on so quickly, when we write that software, instead of writing a piece of software that, for example, is deployed on an Apple device or deployed on an Android device or a Microsoft device, what you can do is just write a piece of software that does something for the client. And then the the automation allows it to be deployed in lots of different areas. 
Uh, and what that means is we can concentrate on what the customer wants rather than what we think they need because we can have those meaningful conversations. And internally, you know, our, if I look at back our, our underlying uh, IT system, for example, was put in in 2002. It still lasted the test of time, but we're already in the process of upgrading that um, to a brand new system, uh, which we've already got in one of our businesses uh, across the, the world, and uh, that will gradually seep into uh, SG World and Crew. So I think, you know, we're always keeping our eye on technology. The, the, the last piece that you asked about was AI, which is a really interesting challenge for everybody. You Isn't know, it just? Well, yeah. And it's well publicised. Uh, but even as, uh, as, as much as Friday... Um, or Thursday of last week, um, Vicky, my executive assistant, said to me, um, "You know, you know this letter that you want." She said, "I said yes." She said, um, "I've gone into AI and I've composed the letter in AI, and uh, it was actually quite scary because it was good—not as good as she can do, but it was good. But the amount of time it saved her in terms of composing that was yeah. was just ridiculous. And and AI is here to stay. It's just making sure it's deployed in the right way. I would agree with that." Now, Mark, you've um, you've established your own charity in honour of your father, and uh, you support other charities. So, tell us more about your community links and and why you feel it's important for local businesses to engage with the community and and support charities and sports clubs, etc. Oh, what a question! <laughs> Where do I start? Um, so uh, in in sort of 2012, uh, I, I felt that, that we had a duty of care to the local community because we employ people from the local area. You know, the, the, the most I think anybody travels to, to our work is, is 20 miles. Or, uh, in fact, I, I come 27 miles uh, to the office. Um, and I, I believe you should always be able to give something back. And we were in a fortunate position that, that we had that thought process that we could give something back. And when I've, we used to support a lot of bigger charities, and I, and I, and I believe that, that we should do something more localised. Uh, and I've also had uh, also an interest in, in the youth of our, of our society uh, and those less privileged than, than perhaps I was, you know, I was brought up in a very nice home with a nice family, very loving family. You know, we weren't wealthy. In fact, you know, I, I go back to the early 70s when my mum and dad were both unemployed and, and, you know, seeking jobs with four kids. But the reality was they made sure that we never really struggled. But, but we're, you know, we're fortunate. There's many people who aren't as fortunate in our society. And if you look at crew in the surrounding area, there's lots that we can do uh, to give people opportunities. Um, so that was the starting point, really. Um, now, you probably know this yourself, but it takes two to three years to be able to get registered as a charity, and there's lots of hoops to go through. So originally, we called it the SG World Charitable Trust. Um, but obviously, on the passing of my late father, I wanted to honour him, uh, as well as, uh, if you like, deliver what we said we would do. Uh, and therefore, I changed the name to the Arnold Haas Charitable Trust. But it, it still retains the same mission statement. And so what we do is we take that what I call direct intervention. If it's okay with you, I don't really want to go into too much detail about what we do because we, we don't publicise it, we don't market it. That That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to do it um, because it's the right thing to do, not because it's connected in any way to the business, although we do funnel a percentage of our profits into the charity as well as it raises its own funds. But it's more about what's the interventions that we can make. 
So, you know, some of the things that we have done in the past is is support carers who, who at the end of the day, are under a lot of stress and strain looking after, you know, whether it's siblings, whether it's children, uh, whether it's relatives or whether it's just friends. And so if we can give them some respite for a day out or something, you know, just small but meaningful, then we'll do that. Um, we've booked, you know, swimming time for those that are less fortunate uh, and, and made other small interventions where we can, um, you know, food banks uh, where we can. We're, we're collecting for food uh, for the food bank for Christmas at the moment in, in the office. Um, and these these are small things, but I always believe that you just make the difference that you can. Uh, so we will continue to do that and, you know, maybe one day the charity will grow slightly bigger, in which case we can make bigger interventions. But it's all about helping the youth in the local community. Because what you got to remember is that, as I say, all our staff uh, and their extended family live and work locally. Um, so, so that's the intention behind the yeah. charity. Uh, and long may it continue. So, Mark, uh, both businesses are well established and individually successful. Uh, and as we've already alluded to early on, they're now really one business uh, and with with a series of brands. So um, give us an insight into what you have planned to ensure they remain successful and achieve their respective targets in 2024. I think the starting point is really understanding our audience, being very close to our audience. We've just implemented over the last six months uh, a brand new um, CRM, Customer Relationship Management System, uh, in order to in continually gather feedback from our clients, we have a very clear direction that we want to, do, to go to, which is uh, there are three parts to our business. There's our audience, our customers, um, and we have 20,000 customers, uh, of which about 7,000 are in the education environment, so schools. If you think about that, there's 23,000 schools in the UK, so we're only really touching a third of those. And in fact, in the education establishments, there's 33,000. So we're probably, you know, even less than a quarter of the way there. In terms of commercially, you know, we're in about 13,000 commercial organisations. There's 2.3 million of them in the UK, so there's still a market to go at. So in terms of our audience, we need to uh, understand all those other audiences uh, and see what capability we have in order to satisfy that. Um, So that's the first part, is understanding the audience. That's very much part of our strategic direction, is widening our horizons. The second part is around our capability, and that's making sure that whatever we produce, we are at the front end of that. So, for example, we we have a a, a five-color piece of print equipment that can actually dry in line. And what that means is the minute that comes off the end of the, the, the print, if you like, it's ready either for making up in terms of binding or actually if it's, you know, leafleting, for example, it's ready straight away for the client. So so we're not just talking about 24 hours, we're talking about four hours from taking something to actually delivering it to the client. Um, so our capability in terms of understanding our equipment, large format, we're in the process of I- implementing a new large format machine which will allow us to do things quicker with better quality of inks, uh, again, improving the, the product that we supply. And in software, we were developing all the time. I spent yesterday, spent two hours with our development team talking about the products we're bringing to market, contractor management, uh, which we already do, visitor management, asset management, um, you know, accident and incident reporting. Uh, all these things are now being further developed uh, as part of our strategy. So that really is our product portfolio. Um, and, and then there's two other aspects. One is uh, internally, and that's our route to market. 
is we have to establish what is the most uh, efficient but also the most desirable route to market for our clients. Some people want to buy on a portal. They want to have their own, if you like, a little bit like Amazon. They log in, they can see everything they've bought, and then they can procure to their heart's content. We already do that, but we need to expand that. In terms of our internet presence, we want to ensure our website is fit for purpose. It's clear uh, that people enjoy being on our website and therefore spend more time on there. And then we also have the other effective routes of communication. Now with the advent of Teams and Skype and Zoom, our clients want to see us and therefore we use that technology. But we also understand that they still want to email and they still want to have phone calls. And would you believe we still get faxes? Um, <laughs> so so that, that's that part. And then the, the, the last piece of the jigsaw really is expanding our geographical horizons. You'll be where we have a presence in America, we have a presence in Belgium and one in Ireland. We're looking to extend that European portfolio uh, as well as you know, covering the geography in America is, is a full-time job. In fact, I'm there next week uh, again, as I am every five weeks, uh, as we expand our horizons. And I think that's really the strategy for the business. And, and if we can tick those boxes uh, and continually tick those boxes uh, and be better every day at what we do, then I think we'll, we'll continue to be successful and, and grow the business. Well, here at the Cap, we, we wish you well and I hope you achieve all your objectives. Mark, thank you for giving us the opportunity to to learn more about uh, your business and, and bringing us up to speed on how the printing industry has kept pace with the needs of the customers. Should any of our listeners want to contact you, where can they find more information about SG World? Uh, well, uh, www.sgworld.com, I think that's always the starting point. But we, as I say, we communicate by phone, we communicate by email. Um, they can contact me on our office. I'm happy to give out my email address, uh, which is just my name, Mark Haas at sgworld.com. Uh, uh, or, or they can just ring our telephone number. Um, you know, we're local. Uh, we're always open to conversation, uh, no, no matter what the subject matter. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm always available. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the cat today. Thank you very much. Podcasts from the Cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich.